Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hi, friend. Welcome to the show today. And I'm so glad that you're carving out time and you're listening in. I love it. I love that you're here. And my hope is that today, when you listen to this episode, you're going to feel inspired in some way to make a positive difference in your home, in your community, in your niche and in your world at large, because we are all about creating community here at Moms of Tweens and Teens, making a difference in our lives and our families and spreading that love outward. And so you're going to be really inspired because my special guest on the show today is Angela Melfi. She is the co-founder of Threads Worldwide. And I want you to picture this gorgeous, unique jewelry That's not just about being beautiful, but it's about doing good too. Threads Worldwide is all about creating life-changing work for women through the creating and selling of fair trade artesian jewelry. And you're going to hear about how Angela and two of her friends started uh, Threads Worldwide and their story and how they went on to build a community of leaders and change makers, one stunning piece of jewelry at a time. And today, Angela and I are chatting about what it takes to build a community, the ups and downs of starting a business from scratch, and how to make a meaningful impact while wrangling kids in chaos. So grab your coffee or your laundry, or I'm glad you're listening in your car. So many of you are, but let's jump into this inspiring chat with Angela from Threads Worldwide. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. I'm excited to be here. It was so fun. I met you, I can't believe it, in September. We met at MomCon, this big conference, and you had a booth, and you were you were selling all of these beautiful pieces and that I just loved. And so we had this big conversation, and you're not just selling beautiful pieces, you're making a huge difference in the world. And I want you to tell, uh, share your story and what you're doing. 
Your uh, your business is called Threads World uh, Worldwide. And s- start by telling our listeners, like, when did you start this? How did you start it? How did this come to be? Yes. Well, first of all, I do remember meeting you at MomCon and it's sort of like a moth to to the flame with all these moms all over the place and our gorgeous, you know, unique jewelry. So it was fun meeting you and all the moms that we got to meet there. Um, Our our company is called Threads Worldwide and we started it 12 years ago. And uh, when I say we, I started it with my two besties, my bestie from high school, my bestie from college. And um, we started it really from a passion for travel. We had been all over the world together. Um, it's something I'm really proud of. I've I've visited 56 countries and counting. I want to go to as many as possible. And um, when we would be on these trips, we just were always finding ourselves, you know, brainstorming, dreaming, wondering what we could do together and how we could work together and spend even more time together. And, um, and we started threads. So we had a whole bunch of different ideas along the way of different businesses that luckily, honestly, luckily they didn't work out. And then one day there was this like bolt of an idea and it was sell jewelry made, it was actually sell things made by women and sell through a community of women. And it was like, boom, boom. And I said, okay, I listened and I said, okay, that's what we're going to do. And we, um, we, we started it and Cheryl, we had no idea what we were doing. When I say no idea, I mean, we, we didn't know how to start a website. That sounds like a little bit of laughter of like, of recognition, right? Like when you're starting something passionate about, you don't always know what you're doing. And, um, yeah, we didn't know how to start a website. We didn't know how to import. I mean, we, we joke that we didn't even wear jewelry. We really didn't. We were one of my, my best friend from college and I, we met on the volleyball court. So we never even wore jewelry. And so it really just started from this passion of connecting women and, and being able to create community in a way that women here in the U S could tap in and feel like, feel like they're part of something bigger. Yeah. Gosh. But I mean, I was laughing because the moms that are listening, I mean, that we feel like as entrepreneurs or whatever we're doing, even if it's, you know, whatever it is, working, you know, a cash register that you haven't done before. It's like, I think we believe we should know what we're doing before we do it. And then so we hold back from doing it. Rather than just like you said, I was laughing because I know how that feels like I knew nothing. Yeah. I, I knew not just take a step. I mean, we hear that all the time about women. That's I think that's one of the reasons that women are so hesitant to start something new because to use the words you just said, we feel like we have to be good at it. Or what if I'm not good at it? Or what if I can't give a hundred percent instead of realizing, oh, if I just take one step in a yeah. different direction, what door might that open up for me? That's not on this predictable path that I got on maybe in high school, maybe college, maybe since I had my first baby, whatever it is, how can I like go forward and take an action that that would surprise me? And so that's one of the things that we invite women in as well is how can you come in and just be curious and surprise yourself by what you, what you are good at? Yeah. I, I'm even, um, fascinated that you went on vacation with these girlfriends. You didn't just go, you know, to the beach, you went to different countries. 
And so you had this, this spirit of adventure. Yes. And your friends did too. And so were you going, I mean, you saw along the way, I've, I've read a lot of what you've written, poverty. So did you go, how did you travel? Did you backpack? Yes. Yeah. So we backpacked. I mean, um, I was lucky enough that my parents um, loved to travel. So I got to travel and just be outside the U.S. Maybe we went to comfortable places like around Europe and things like that. Um, they actually had, they didn't, weren't going to have kids and they ended up having me when they were traveling in Europe, they were in France and they had me. And, um, and then we moved back to the States. So I was born in Versailles, France, and then moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. So talk about polar opposites there. And, um, and they just always had this travel bug. So that's how I got it. Um, but I, they were really focused on Europe and I, I mean, it's gorgeous and beautiful, but I really sort of in a naive way wanted to see the rest of the world. And so I remember my friend and I, we went to the first truly developing country that we were in was Cambodia. And this was probably 20 ish years ago, 25 years ago. Oh my gosh. And I mean, we were in the capital of Phnom Penh and there was one light in the capital, dirt roads, things like that. People living in, I mean, I, I wouldn't even, I don't know what to call it, lean-tos, you know, just, just living along the side of the road. And I had no idea that that is somehow how some people live. And um, I was particularly struck. We were um, in, in uh, where were we? we were in Siem Reap in Cambodia and it's near Angkor Wat. It's a really, really famous touristy place. And um, there was this little girl and she was, I don't know how old, five, six, seven and she was following us and she was, she was begging and uh, we were walking her over to a grocery store because we were going to get her some food. We didn't want to give her money. We were told, don't give money, give food. So we walked over to give her some food and she was walking barefoot and Cheryl, she walked through the sewage that was going down the middle of the street and didn't even flinch. And that's just so burned in my memory of the way that some people are living and then the extreme opposite of this amazing talent that they have, the beautiful artistry that they have, just the, 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 the beauty, the art, the artisanship, the, the, the history of some of the things that they can make. And this is sort of jumping forward a few years, but where thread, threads came to be seeing the way that people were living and seeing the amazing talent and how that just was not correlate. It just wasn't a match. And we realized, you know, if we could give access to these women's talents and have them be able to sell into a really strong market here in the U.S. I mean, you're wearing jewelry. I'm wearing, most women wear jewelry. is something that we're buying already. If we could connect the two, it could really make a difference in these communities and in these families. And so that's what we set out to do is to really connect this gorgeous talent to a strong market here in the U S and, and it just started from that passion and, and seeing like we can do something about this and then taking a step forward and figuring out a website and all the things that came with it. So you decided we're going to do this. Where did you start? Did you start with one place? So one artist? No, we didn't. So what we did is we went, so, so, Cambodia was, I don't know what, 2004 or five, something like this. So we didn't start until 2011. 
we got on a plane, we went out to New York and we went to um, a buyer show. It's called, it was called New York Now. I think they changed the name, but it's this huge buyer show and they have this teeny tiny area that's dedicated to global handmade and fair trade. And so that's the section that we went to. I have no idea how we got this into our mind, but we went out to New York, we did this and we went around, we went around up and down the aisles and we met all these different artisan groups. And so that's who we started with. And then over the years from referrals and travel and things like that, we got to meet some of the other groups that we work with. Now I'll tell you, so, you know, we start these ventures, we have no idea what we're doing. Well, what comes with that are a ton of mistakes And one of the mistakes that we made early on was I had this idea, just sort of like, I want to see every country in the world. Well, I wanted to work in every country that we possibly could. So at the very beginning, we were working with 27 different groups. This is a logistical nightmare. And also we started to realize it really wasn't making any difference. So we would buy, you know, a hundred, let's say pairs of earrings from Brazil or from, or necklaces from Nepal. But that doesn't do anything. The most important thing that we hear from our partners is sustainable, consistent work. That's what they need. They don't need these big orders that come in and then dry up because what will happen is some big retailers, they were telling us that, I can't remember who it was, but a big retailer came in and they wanted to add fair trade sheets or linens to their collection. So they went in, they place this huge order. They went all, you know, these artisans go and get all their sisters and cousins and nieces and everything to come in and to Mm -hmm. create this order. And then the big realtor leaves. And now these women are without anything where before at least they had some other kind of work. So something that's so important to us is that we're consistently ordering from our partners. Even sometimes we'll make smaller orders and spread them out because we know that that's more important than one big order. So all that to say, we we went down in 2000, I think it was 18, 17, something like that. We decided we needed to go on this campaign of narrow to expand. So narrow the partners that we would work with and expand the impact that we have. So we now work with nine groups in eight countries. Wow. You know, it's so interesting you say, I'm just going to like expose my ignorance here. I hear the word sustainability a lot. And I think I know what that means. But when you explained it that way, it gave a whole new meaning to the world, to the word. You know, like what a difference here. They bring all their cousins, maybe even leave work they have to do the big order, have all this hope that, you know, there's income coming in and then they're gone. And how discouraging. And that retailer gets to say, well, we have fair trade sheets and linens now. Come check out our fair trade collection or however they would say it, ethically sore, small batch, whatever it is, which it's, it's, I don't know. There's sort of the, well, let's have more exposure, but also that's just not in that way, you know? So we, we, yeah, we just, it's just something about being mindful, you you know, Mm -hmm. another way that things are sustainable. So this um, ring that I'm wearing, even this necklace that I'm wearing, it's made from a seed. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. And, and when you, like before the farmers were having to cut down the trees to sell for firewood, obviously not sustainable. Well, once this got started, they are really protective of those trees because it's a sustainable source for them for income. So they can harvest the seeds, sell the seeds, and then the 
tree plants more, I mean, produces more seeds. So it's a sustainable way for them to earn an income instead of chopping down the tree. And obviously we know now it takes what, 30 years for it to grow back or whatever. So it's just another way. Yes, sustainable is a buzzword, but when you really break it down and can see it on the ground, what that means, it just makes you think differently about how, how we're shopping. Yes. Now tell everybody how this works because you are not only creating community and sustainable income for these, are they all women? Most, I'd say about 70% are women and there are always men involved. There's just some cultural things that men will be involved with um, in, in different countries. Certain things are only men's jobs. And then, okay. And then you're creating community here and you're also helping women here. And so explain that piece. Yes, yes, yes. So that's become one of my favorite things. This is like the origin is really in the artisans. Like that's where we started and why we started. And it's really over the last 12 years that we've been in business, the focus um, of the difference that we're making really is here in the U S. So when we started, like I said, my, the, the ideas were sell things made by women, sell through a community of women. And we intentionally chose this model because we wanted to give women here a way to have something to call their own. So if you're a mom and you spent a lot of your time and a lot of your life and your identity being a mom, well, you can start to lose yourself in that. And not everybody that works with us is mom. And and I would say probably statistically the majority are, but some women are not. And we, we just want to give a place for women to come and be able to have something to call their own a way to get out and network and meet new women, a way to contribute and make a difference in the world, a way to make some extra money. You know, you get paid to to do this kind of work. And it's so much fun to be at a, a party and sharing the beautiful jewelry that you got to see and to share some of the stories of the women that we work with. It's just an incredible feeling to, to be able to participate in something bigger, like really just like globally bigger than what's going on sort of in your backyard. And then also we get to travel. So a lot of the women that, that work with us joined because they wanted to see something else. They'd spent their time, you know, in Cabo in, you know, I don't know where, some, you know, some, 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 some easier places to get to. And they wanted to explore and go out and see the world. And the women that work with us get to travel. So we're going to Vietnam in April. We were in Bolivia last April. We just announced that we're earning trips this year to go to Uganda. So we're, we're seeing this world. We're exploring the world together. How cool is that? That is so cool. And then Yeah. So just the building the community, and I don't know about you, see, you're involved in all this, and I have a big community, but so much of it is online, that just being together physically, like having the, you know, having women come together, and you know, when you buy a piece of jewelry, that you're supporting another woman to make an income in another country. And you had... I just was fascinating reading all of your stuff. I mean, you said um, you're empowering community. You're using business for change. Um, you're changing the cultural beliefs about women and girls. Courageously rewriting what's possible for their families and communities. And then you call them brave dreamers, which... 
we all are, right? I mean, step out to dream, to make it, to create something, and then empowering women, I put. And I just love that. So there's so many levels to what you're doing. It's you're bringing women together to have a fun evening. You're supporting them. You're also supporting other, you know, women in other countries. So yes. And you know, the the biggest, when you say that your community is a lot online, you know, I think all of us got through the pandemic with that. Thank Uh goodness for Zoom and all of the different ways we can communicate these days. And we hear that the biggest reason that women are hosting now, like hosting a, a gathering is what we call it, or joining us as a social entrepreneur or social impact entrepreneur the reason that they're doing it is because they miss their people. Yes. Be around their people. Yeah. It's I have beautiful. a woman who's hosting for me next Friday and she said, I just want to host a, a happy hour. And this is my excuse to get everyone together. And it's a really great excuse. Yeah. And, and meaningful too. It's a great excuse, but you're, what you're doing is you're making a difference when you buy, yep. buy things. So how have you grown? Because to step into something like this and create something from nothing, it took a lot of courage. And what do you feel like you've learned? And I know we could sit here for three hours, but what do you think one of the biggest learns is? And how do you feel like you've grown? I think the biggest, let's just see. I think the biggest thing that I got is that while being a mom is central in my life, it's the most important thing to me. It's really important to me to have something to call my own, something that is a place where for me to put my other talents. We we invite people to use their unique gifts and talents. And, and I, it's a great place for me to use those unique gifts and talents and to, to be out and, and meeting women. So I think that that like, like seeing that in retrospect has been so fulfilling and important. And I'll tell you, I think I'm right on the precipice, Cheryl, because in growing this business, one of the things that I learned was that it was really easy to stay in some of the comfortable things that I saw to do to grow the business. Like for me, some, some of the operational things, behind the scenes, scenes, things were what was comfortable. (laughs) And it's now, it's actually in the last two or three months that I've declared that I am going to, I am, this is my year, by the way, 2024, for me (laughs) to grow into the woman that I've always wanted to be. Like, you know, that version of yourself that you're like, well, when this happens or when that happens, I can go and do this or that. And I'll be able to be this or that. And this is it. This is the year. And it's like just continually taking action. Like we've been around for 12 years. I'm just starting to do podcast interviews. I'm just starting to really pick up social media and marketing and, and not to get into the specifics because your listeners don't care about that from a business perspective, but those things that, those things that for me were scary, actually starting to make promises and sharing that I'm going to do it will hold me accountable to do it. And so that's what I'm learning is, okay, to be the person I want to be, I'm going to have to get outside my comfort zone and do something new 
for me that I haven't always done before. And so it's always running in my mind, like, don't focus on the easy operational stuff and and put something aside, which is where my, you know, getting outside of my comfort zone. And so I think that, like, I I think I've learned a lot, but honestly, I think I'm right on the precipice of learning some of the biggest things that I'm here to learn in this business, which is exciting. You know, 12 years in, it's like, it's just getting started. We're just at the beginning of of the growth and development that's available. I love that. I love that this year is the year. It's like I, to do those things that I really want to become the best version of myself and, and And back. Yeah. And I just keep learning over and over that the more that I say it, saying it to you, saying it out loud, it just makes it more and more true and keep practice for me to keep practicing that. So that way it's a reminder all the time. Like I told Cheryl, you know, I told my husband, I told my friend that I was doing that this year. And the more that I speak it over and over again, the more, the more that it's happening and the more that I'm holding myself to those um, words, to those promises that I'm making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you an introvert? I don't know. I don't really, I don't, I don't really, I love to be around people. I get energized and I don't really feel comfortable out in the limelight. Yeah. 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 So I don't know where that puts me. Yeah. I feel like I'm right in between. Yeah. I can definitely be an introvert and, but I can, I do get energized from people, but then I'm ready to go home. (laughs) You know, it depends if if I'm with a bunch of people I don't know, I'm definitely more introverted. And I think that's probably how we all are. But yeah, it's Uh, interesting. I just wonder, wondered. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and then I'm, I'm happy to be at home. I love my time alone, you know, or, yeah, or at the end yeah. of a conference like mom con, like, oh, nobody talks to me anymore. <laughs> you know? No, yeah. <laughs> Not totally draining, but I don't feel uncomfortable being alone. So. Yeah. 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 Well, and what I'd love, and I want the, I really want moms that you're listening to take away, you know, to be encouraged from hearing this because so much of our identity gets caught up in our kids. Yep. Yep. And your kids are a little younger. Um, and I know that it's so easy when your kids are little to lose yourself. And as they get older too, I think it's easy. It became easier for me to focus on my kids because I knew they were going to be leaving the nest. So it was like I was focusing that much more on them because it's like, we better get this together before you leave. And, you know, and and. That's not a reality. We know that we make mistakes in order to learn, and there's a lot of mistakes. And when they do get out of the nest, they learn a ton because they're not at home and they have to, you know. Um, But it's so easy to get really focused on our kids. And I felt like I saw a big shift to my kids are older now when I start going for my own life. Uh And, And then that was actually what inspired them. And it was really cool because it was like, mom's doing something really scary. Like she's actually getting up and speaking in front of a big group of people. Huh, maybe I can try out for a talent show. Or I don't know how my daughter played volleyball. She had never played before. So, And she actually tried out for the high school team. And she, they told her, you're 
We didn't know if we were going to let you make it, but we could see that you were really putting a lot of effort. So we're letting you on the team. And she said, I've seen you take risks. And so therefore I want to do that too. So it's like they catch it. Yes. And And yeah. And probably with your kids, my kids, they see it and they, and sometimes I have to talk with them, you know, mom, I'm going to be gone. This is what I'm going to do, but they love to hear about it. And, you know, my kids are, you know, they're little, they're seven and four. And, you know, we've had conversations recently about lying and I'll tell them, you know, I, I lie. What? When? Right. (laughs) You know, or dad's lot or dad's gotten in trouble or mom's gotten in trouble. Or, you know, those different kids, my, I don't know about your kids, but my kids eat that up as a way, I think, also to just be related to. And so when we're doing these things that are for ourselves or we're scared about and we can share about that, it gives them, just like anybody, but especially them because there are little sponges, it gives them that permission to be scared and try something to make a mistake and, and live, you know, to be able to try those different things. And so that's one of the things that I've loved is bringing them into it as much as they can understand right now and being able to see when, when I fail or any of those kind of things and get back and try. I love that. Cause it's not, you're not compartmentalizing your, here's my work and here's my family but you're including them in your process as much as they, as you can age appropriately. Yes. And basically making mistakes and learning. And yeah, sometimes I've like, like we're human, right. And and things are, we make mistakes and we learn from them and we grow from them. So. And they get to learn. And I've heard this from other, other uh, moms in our community, other socialpreneur moms about how, when they're setting up the jewelry and we have cards that talk about where it's made and that's made from a seed and who made it. And the kids gravitate to it. Of course they're gravitating to mom and they get to have these conversations that you wouldn't have otherwise about what it's like in other countries and what it means for women to work. And did you know, not all girls get to go to school around the world and those kind of like more, more worldly conversations that expand their sphere of influence. And moms are telling us all the time how, how interesting it is to be able to have these kind of conversations with their kids when they're eight, nine, 10, you know, 13 years old. And then, and then they overhear like specifically my um, business partner, she overhears her daughter sharing with her friends about, you know, trips that they've taken or how jewelry is made or what fair trade is like, it's like that kind of ripple that gets into the next generation that I just love hearing those kind of stories. And you have, you show the women that are making, you have videos and you're showing their stories and, and that brings it to life too. The people are living our world. We're so caught up and especially how our kids are growing up now. It's like a bubble in so many ways, you know, with social media and getting outside of yourself seeing, you know, that there's a bigger world that you can make a difference in the world is powerful. Some perspective, you know, as teenagers, what you're worried about is who liked you and are you in or out of the friend group? And did you wear the right thing? And all of that is so natural and maybe teens have evolved, but that was my experience when I was a teenager and to be able to give some kind of perspective. I just think it makes the things that we worry about, um, I don't want I don't know if I'd say smaller, but yeah, just some kind of perspective that there's, there's, 
there's life out there. Yeah. I just had an idea. Have you ever had like teenagers? What's your youngest uh, socialpreneur? The youngest we can do legally is 18. And we've had young kids, and I shouldn't say young teens, we've had teens do it with their mom. And that's part of my vision for where we're going is I want this, especially as my kids grow into teenagers, and and I want to start younger than that. I want this to be a mother-daughter adventure where the mom and the daughter are learning about all this together, not just the things around the world, but how you speak in front of people, how you write thank you notes and provide good customer service how you develop relationships, how you ask for things. There's so much that's available in the training in in being a socialpreneur. And um, we've had a few people do it. And it's a program that I really, I know that we'll be building out as more and more moms get interested and want to try this with us. Wow. I love that. That is so exciting because they do learn so many skills. And to do it together. And I mean, that's one of the biggest things with all the people that I interview that have done a lot of research on tweens and teens is them knowing that they have purpose and meaning for their lives and that there's something, like you said in the beginning, they can, there's something bigger out there, you know, like that, that is bigger than just themselves. And that can make just a huge, huge difference. Yes. I don't know if you got to this on our website. It's not prominent, but it's called Collaboration Club. So we have it actually set up called Collaboration Club where moms and kids can do it together. Um, But it's not, like I said, it's not something we built up fully. I don't know that it would take that much difference, but, you know, I see also as adding, adding new items, you know, more specifically for teens, maybe creating a teen collection. I mean, a lot of our things are crossover and a lot of the moms who have teens say, oh, my daughter loves this. My daughter loves that. But even like, that's where I see the vision going. So if any of your listeners are, are the one to collab with me about that, get in touch because I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. My daughter loved, I got the pearl earrings, the hoops that you had. Oh, yeah, She loves them. And I don't buy things very often. And then you had some um, hammered hoops and uh, I bought those for my other daughter and I never buy them anything because I always get it wrong. Yeah. And they both loved, loved the earrings. That's <laughs> like the best validation for our collection. When a teenager <laughs> Or a 20-something <laughs> likes what we have. I feel so validated. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, tell them, you know, how to find out about you so they can connect with you. I think we'll put this in a newsletter. Um, I love that idea about Collaboration Club. I really think this is such a great that idea. Legs, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, and I know, before we go, I yeah. want you to tell before, We'll have you tell all about yourself, but can you tell one story of um, that's really been a powerful story of the difference that that it's made? Um, yeah. Yes, in- uh, if you, I could tell a hundred, so I'll tell one. Um, there's a, a mom in Guatemala. Her name is Marla, and she was one of the first people to start the cooperative where she lives. And she had three daughters. And um, at, you know where she lived in Guatemala. These girls, it's is just 
predictable that they will get married at 14 or 15 and have kids at 15 or 16. They move away from their family. They move in with their in-laws. Imagine moving in with your in-laws and now you're running that household at 15, probably pregnant. Okay. So that's just the predictable future for most of the kids around that for most of the girls. So um, Marla had three daughters and she saw a different future for her, her daughters. And so she went and she started this cooperative um, really, um, not with the, the support of her husband and, um, they have, I won't go through every conversation and how hard it was for her, but it was very, very difficult. Um, her daughter, Rocio is her youngest. And when it was time for Rocio to go into fifth, uh, to fifth grade, um, her husband said, no, we're not going to worry about Rocio going to school because they have to pay for, um, for school, not for school as much as the uniforms. We're not going to invest in Rocio going to school because she's going to go and get pregnant and marry somebody else. Anyway, why invest in girls? So Rocio and her mom, Marla go, and they have multiple conversations with their mom or sorry, with their father, with their grandfather, Rocio is writing letters to her grandfather saying about why she should be able to go to school. And Marla is just steadfast that Rocio is going to school. Rocio is going to school. Rocio is going to school. Every year, they I'm getting chills. Every year, they have to have this conversation with the dad and the grandfather. Every year, it's more fees for her to be able to go to school. When we saw her three years ago, she was two, th- two or three years ago, she was just finishing university. And she was talking about how she was going to be a kindergarten teacher and how like, like you've never seen somebody smile ear to ear, painting the picture of her dream to be a kindergarten teacher. So fast forward now two or three years and she actually runs the girls club for the cooperative that runs as she creates the curriculum for these girls clubs that are all across Guatemala. And she just recently, the the head person went back and met her dad for the first time, went back and met her dad. And her dad was in tears, thanking her. Her name's Maria for starting this opportunity that she gave, that he gave to Marla, his wife and his three daughters, because I just told about Rocio, but the two other daughters also graduated from um, university as well. I think one's going to be a pharmacist. So generationally, you can see the difference there. Like Marla now is engaged. She's 25 and (laughs) she's not pregnant yet to think about. She would have a 10 year old. She would have probably five or six kids. And I don't know what that alarm is for. She would probably have five or six, five or six kids. But to see because Marla's dream was so strong and she had that opportunity it transformed that generation. Now, when the kids get together of these women, you know, the women's dreams were for their kids to finish school. Hands down, education. Now, those kids, their dreams, I'm going to be a pharmacist. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a fashion designer. I'm going to be a teacher. Like, it's a done deal for them. They're that next generation in Guatemala that was not going to happen without this work. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Changing generations. Generations. And that's one of hundreds of sorts. And to make such a difference with their lives. Yes. Yes. And I just want to say one thing. I know we're getting close to wrapping, but 
you know, one of the things that we do is we take trips down to Guatemala to see and meet and catch up with these friends, these artisan partners, these business partners that we work with. And we take moms and daughters. So I actually got to take my six-year-old, she was six at the time, last January. She got to go down to Guatemala and meet all of these women, be on a boat in the middle of Lake Atitlan, eat new foods, stay in beautiful hotels. We stay in this former monastery that is stunning, the most beautiful place I've ever stayed in my life. And moms get to take their, well, kids, usually moms, a couple men have gone. Well, we're welcoming to everybody. And statistically, it's mostly moms and daughters or moms and sons. So that's just something else. If any of your listeners are, you know, curious about traveling with us, get in touch with me about that as well. We call them soul journeys and they are just, they're life-changing and so much fun. And it's easy travel. Okay. My six-year-old can do it. Your kids can do it. Wow. Okay. Well, tell them where to find you, how to connect with you, all of that. Because I know yeah. there's going to be moms that are going to want to. Yes. So we are all over the web at Threads Worldwide. That's on Instagram, Facebook, our website, Threads Worldwide, or threadsworldwide.com or, you know, at Threads Worldwide. Um, and I'm Angela.threadsworldwide. Love it. That's on Instagram. You won't be able to get off the website too. It's <laughs> about the values and all the videos and so good and all the beautiful products. Yeah. So I told you we needed three hours. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we'll have to show, we'll have, we'll have to do it where you're showing the beautiful, we'll do an Instagram. You can yeah. show, you know, all the beautiful things that, that uh, the women make. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's something else I'd say. I, I promise your listeners, I'm going to get more and more on Instagram. It's it's a it's a stretch for me this year. And if you know of anybody, any other places that I should podcast or do lives or anything, please get in touch with me. I'm, I am ready to spread the word about all the amazing things that, that our partners are doing. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for being here. It was really fun to see you again. Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for joining me. And I want you to make sure that you get on our newsletter list at momsoftweensandteens.com. And you can see at the top of the page, you can sign up for our newsletter because here's the thing. We have the Happy Mom Summit starting next Monday, March 4th. And then the next week, I'm doing this amazing workshop series all around parenting tweens and teens and our struggles and challenges with how to communicate and setting limits and boundaries and all of those things that we can struggle with that can be really difficult and challenging for us. So I don't want you to miss out. So go to momsoftweensandteens.com and get on the newsletter list because I would love to connect with you at these events and to support you. And you can always invite a friend as well to join us. That makes it extra special. But I'm really excited about the next three weeks and we're going to be opening up our membership. So, so many great things are going to be happening. So have a great week and I will see you back here next week.